Welcome to Career Crashers, where we tell the stories of those who are not content to wait around following rules and hoping for good things to happen. Great careers aren't found, they're forged. It's time to crash the party. All right, on this episode of Career Crashers, I am super excited to be joined by Mitchell Earl, who is the COO of Praxis. And Mitchell previously worked with us at Crash. He was the marketing director and uh, helped us over the last year really build and define the brand before going to, um, going to Praxis to be the, uh, the COO. So Mitchell, welcome to Career Crashers. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. All right, so let's just lead right, right in with the big question and we can backfill and see what comes of it. How did you crash your career? What a great question. Um, I think, I think it's, you know, I look back and I think that there are two kind of defining moments or probably more than this, but there are two really big ones that, that happened all within the stretch of a year. And I, I was not quite a year out of college. I had this idea in my head that I wanted to go to law school, do the MBA route because I was good at arguing. I was ambitious. So on that track, I was working for a law firm. And I didn't particularly like it, but I was like, you know, being an attorney sucks anyway. I can vouch, anyway. by the way, that Mitchell is good <laughs> at arguing and he is. <laughs> so, so I was, I was working this job and I, I'd been there about six months and I, I didn't particularly like it. I was, I was running my photography business that I had started on the side though. And one day I went into my boss's office and out of the blue, he sat me down and he was like, listen, if you ever want to be a serious attorney, you need to you need to stop screwing around with photography. And this was an off the cuff conversation. It wasn't planned, it was just impromptu. And I quit my job. I ended up quitting my job like out of the blue because I just like, I don't know what I want and I don't know how I'm gonna get there, but I know what you're telling me is wrong. And so I left and it turns out like what I ended up doing after that ended up leading to, you know, kind of was the first step in the right direction. So second thing is about a year, nine months to a year later, I was working for a company. I didn't particularly like the job, but I had committed to this year long experiment. I was hell bent on figuring it out, being the best that I could be. And I'd committed to this, this experiment, which, which is an important thing because about three months in, I just absolutely did not enjoy what I was doing. Um, and and I, I was like, I, I, I committed to this one year, so I can't quit. And so instead of quitting, I started thinking about like, how can I make this situation better? How can I not be a victim and just suffer, you know, for the next nine months through this experiment? And so I decided to go all in. I spent two to three weeks doing this really deep dive, researching pretty much every aspect of the company and putting together this really comprehensive, probably overly aggressive pitch uh, to, to the CEO at the time. And he absolutely shut me down. I, I flew across the country to give him this pitch. He shut me down. And that was a learning experiment for me, uh, which was totally fine. I learned a lot putting together that pitch. But what I didn't know is even though the job didn't work out with him, that same pitch ended up eating share and it ended up turning into another job offer, which, which ended up being an awesome job, kind of the dream job for me at that point in my life. I, I ended up working there for three years and was really kind of the big defining job of, of my career so far. I think that really set up a lot of you know, the opportunities after that. So if I remember correctly, the, the pitch that you put together for this CEO 
um, he came back and like, no, that's not the direction we want to go. <laughs> but it, but it, it put in his mind this idea that, hey, this guy Mitchell, he's a certain type of guy that wants to do certain aggressive type of things. And I don't know if that's right for my company right now, but because it, he's like, hey, there's some other people I know that it might be right for. Other people saw that and eventually through like friend of a friend network sort of things, somebody's like, you know who this guy could be great for? Let me introduce him to this company over here. And so just the fact that you took that initiative, even though it didn't win you that role at that company, they, nobody would have known what you were capable of if you hadn't sort of taken that step. Would that be fair? Yeah, I, I think so. It's actually kind of funny when I, when I think back to this, like I, this is a period of my life where I was journaling a lot and I, I have like every day my situation was changing. So I'm like journaling about it, but I, I read, I've read back through that recently and I, I completely forgot this, but I had another job offer from somebody I had met at the job after I left the law firm, I had another job offer on the table. And so I was basically flying out to pitch this CEO and, and I was like, I have an option, you know, if, if, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to go take this other job. And I got on a plane thinking that I was either, I was either going forward with this or I was going somewhere else. And little did I know an entirely different situation opened up for me because of, of that initiative. And like, I, I think that's probably why I'm so biased to this idea of like optimizing for experimentation and just being open. And if you're like doing good work and you're like, you know, making a good impression, things are going to open up for you probably that you, you wouldn't have ever even imagined. Yeah. So, and that's, you're really a very good example of uh crash what we, we call pitching, just pitching a company instead of waiting till there's a specific opportunity, applying with the right credentials, going through the process, looking at something you want and whether they want it or not, or whether you, you don't know if they want it, you go in and you make an aggressive pitch to them. You've done this more than once. Um, if I recall, you got a job at a law firm first by pitching them or by going in and like fixing their light bulbs or something. <laughs> Tell me that story. Yeah. So I, I, right out of college, I took this job working in financial services and I did that for about a year. I didn't, I didn't really enjoy it, but I was like, this is gonna, you know, it's gonna allow me to save some money for law school. So um, after I reached the point where it's like, I cannot do this anymore. I walked in to quit my job, tell my boss. And he's like, you're not going to be able to get another job. And I was like this cocky, fresh college grad. And I was like, I'll have another job in 24 hours. And <laughs> I told him that and I was like, now I got to deliver on that. So I, I, I kind of was like, the wheels started turning. And that urgency is what allowed me to change everything. Because before that, like when I was applying to the first job, it was like, you know, just do everything, do everything. I have no idea what's working or not. But now it's like, I made, I just made this big bet. I got to deliver on this. I have 24 hours. What am I going to do? And so I printed off a stack of resumes. I put on a suit and it's like the middle of summer in Oklahoma, like a hundred degrees out. And I went door to door to every law firm in the town where I graduated from college. And I got told no 11 times, probably like people didn't even, I got like a step in the door and it's like, no. And then this, this one law firm, like I, I didn't even know it was a law firm. You wouldn't have noticed it. I was just walking down the street on the way to another law firm. I saw the door, I walked in and the guy, the guy at the front desk was like, oh my gosh, we were actually like, somebody's leaving in a, in a week. We need somebody to fill in the spot. And he's like, let me introduce you. And so as I'm walking back 
into the interview, I noticed they have like these old fluorescent lights and like half of them are flickering and there are some out and we sit down and they start talking, you know, go back and forth and they're basically like, so why should we hire you? Like, what can you do? It's like, well, I can, I know how to make coffee and I can fix all your lights. And it was like, that was it. Like I, I was, I was a college grad. I had decent, like, I guess, decent college credentials. I was involved in a lot, but like, that's not what they cared about. They wanted to know, can, can I show up? Can I do the job? And, and they, they just completely laughed when I told them I could fix the lights. And so it was, it was really easy to stand out. You know, that's funny uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it illustrates something that's really, really common in, in great career stories, that a skill or interest totally separate from the kind of job you're going after often comes into play in helping you win that job. So you grew up around electrical stuff. Your dad was an electrician. And so like, you knew how to fix lights. You noticed that they're not hiring you to be an electrician or to even fix lights. But the fact that you had that and you were able to be like, look, I'll do anything you guys need, essentially. I'll fix yeah. that light for you, came into play. And two, what I think a lot of people feel a lot of pressure about when it comes to pitching themselves or selling themselves in a unique way, they feel like they have to fake or project that they have more ability than they do. And I think there's a difference between confidence sort of in the abstract, which is really important to convey, and confidence in a particular skill level that's required for a job. And I think you did the ideal scenario, which is you projected a ton of confidence, but confidence in things that you could 100% back up. I'll make you damn good coffee and I'll fix your lights. Okay, that's a confident kid. And you get to back those up. You're not going to be like, I will write the best damn legal briefs you've ever seen. Because they're going to know that you're bullshitting because you're young and inexperienced. So, so trying to be confident in a thing that's over your head usually doesn't work. But just saying, hey, look, I'll clean the fridge if I need to. I'll do whatever is needed. That not only conveys confidence, but it conveys that you're willing to do what they value. And they know almost inherently that that means you can learn higher level tasks as well. I think that's a really great uh, illustration of that. Yeah, it turns out I was not very good at writing legal briefs with, with zero law training, but I can guarantee you that because I made that light offer, I definitely got to go change all the bulls in their office one day. So like, also if you're gonna pitch those things, those, those smaller things, be aware that you may have to, you may have to pay off uh, on your offer, so. Well, and you know, that's the thing, like start where you can create value yeah. and that gets your foot in the door. And then you can, cause at first you don't really even know what they value, but if you can identify a few things that are obvious um, and do those, those are phenomenal. So um, when it came to the decision after spending kind of your life and your educational life, certainly with the goal of, of law school and becoming a lawyer, which is something that everyone will say, good job, they're proud of you, they'll praise you for it. It's a lucrative career, it's a prestige sort of status career. How and when did you make the decision that you weren't gonna pursue law? And was that something that was hard and hard to talk to your family about? Do they still think that you're wandering in the wilderness? Uh, you know, what was that process? Hey, they may still think that, but, but like for me, there, there are definitely some defining moments. I, I think, to add a little bit of context. So I, I decided when I was six years old, and this is like family history, I decided when I was six years old that I was gonna be a pediatric neurosurgeon. And that was the, that was the life mission up until I was 19, 20. Um, like I was gonna go to medical school, I was gonna do that. I ended up going uh, to a different college than I, you know, like big family rift over like where I went to college because I had some good offers that were probably better for me to, to go to medical school. 
on. And like two years into college, I ended up not, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to law school because that's the other like prestigious sounding thing. And at that same time, when I made that decision, I had gotten involved with a startup, was a sophomore in college. And that was a really, really big thing for me. I didn't know it at the time until a couple of years later. And the, the reason it was really big is because I got exposed to this entirely different way of thinking and doing business. And like, I was able to gain a lot of prestige because it was very early stage startup. I worked for them for three years while I was in college. And it was like a handful of people when I got involved. By the time I graduated, it was several thousand. And I was like, whoa, this, I've never seen anything like this. This is crazy. And that just kind of was in the back of my mind for a couple of years. And then obviously after I got a few jobs out of college, it was like, hey, doing work that you don't enjoy really sucks. Like, I don't know how I'm gonna figure it out, but like, I don't, I don't like this job. I can cross this kind of thing off the list. And then going down the law route, it was like, I, I don't really like this. I can at least cross this type of law off the list. And so it, I, I think over time, doing that same process over and over, it opened my eyes to the idea of like, wait, what, what kind of stuff do I actually like? And so there's an element of like prestige seeking that was going on, but it's like, how can I, how can I seek out prestige in a way that helps me get towards something that I actually like? And so for me, it was like, okay, this startup world, you know, a few years down the road, that, that was kind of the perfect merging of, you know, my own personal prestige seeking at the time. And like, how, how do I, how do I find something that, that I like to do day in and day out? So uh, you co-authored a book with me uh, several years ago called Don't Do Stuff You Hate. Um, and I know you have, you have prioritized that in your own life. If you're somewhere and it's starting to, you're starting to hate it more than you love it. You look for something else. So I know that that matters to you, but how do you think about risk? Because if I look at your career trajectory from the, out, from the outside, it looks like every time you've had something that seems pretty safe and stable, you go and <laughs> up the ante and take a bigger risk. So you're doing the law track and you know first medical, then law, seems very safe. And you're like, nah, not for me. So then you get into this apprenticeship program and you're working for this guy and he's not unhappy with you, but you pitch him on something super aggressive. And it's like, you know, I mean, quitting your law job to, because you don't want to give up your photography side gig is risky. Um, and then you jump into another startup that had like 20 employees at the time. And they're, they're going through trying to grow really fast. And you work there and you get them up to where they're doing, you know, 150 employees. You've, you've done a great job. Then you jump to a brand new startup, uh, which was Crash, that you know had three or four employees at the time. It seems like you're all, and, and then as we start to grow, you decide you want to go off and try to take, you know, run Praxis and and, uh, and, and take that in a, in a new direction. It seems like you have this appetite for risk. How do you think about that? How do you view risk compared to stability or a safety net or a sure yeah. thing? Yeah, part of it might be just masochism. I don't know, but <laughs> no, I think I think um, it was. There's there's several things. First is this just like perpetual chip on the shoulder mentality that I think I've had most of my life. Maybe it's part of being a middle child, but there are so many. There, like I keep a list of different things, like getting benched on the baseball team when I was like six, like like getting benched in high school, like getting, you know, not, not getting the office and, you know, student government over somebody else, like those kind of things over time, enough of those things rack up and you just kind of have this like 
I got to prove everybody wrong. And so it, it, it almost, all of those things in my life in the past were, were almost like conditioning me toward breaking away from the, the safe route, the, the route everybody expected. That's part of it. And then I think also it was really only the first big decision, and there were probably other big decisions before this, but it was the first big decision that was the riskiest, that probably took the most time. And that was like, hey, I'm going to quit my job reject this other job that I have. I'm going to move all the way across the country to a town I, place I don't know anybody to take this job that like in six months, it may not exist. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be needed. I know nothing about this company other than what I've researched. And, and that was the first one. But getting away from my environment, you know, my, my family, my friends, everything I knew, it, it's, entirely shifted the, the way that I think about risk. And what I, what I mean by that is like that once I got out of that safety net, it made me realize that like risk is not, it, it's riskier to do stuff that you hate and to work a job that makes you feel dead inside and to get comfortable taking a paycheck, like prostituting yourself out to do work that, that like you don't particularly care about. And it's actually way less risky to go take a job that, it's gonna help you up your game. And so when I think about putting myself in, in situations that are like increasing levels of, of maybe you know, outside perceived risk, um, I, I don't see it as risk as so much as like increasing levels of like personal challenge. And I remember you know, a couple of years ago, I had, I had another similar situation where it's like, I can go take this job where I can, I can do this one. This, this, you know, this job, I'm going to be the youngest person in the room. I'm going to have to punch above my weight class. And for me, like this appetite for like self torture was like, I got to do that because I know that that's going to force me to up my game. I know that I'm going to learn more. I know that I'm going to have better opportunities. And so on, on the outside, on the, the end, end of that, like uh, down the road, like it's going to end up being way less risky because you're now like forcing yourself into a situation where you have to bring your best game to the table. You have to personally like increase your skills. So that's, that's been, you know, I probably accidentally went down that path, but it's proved out, it's proven to be a really good approach in terms of my career so far. So in terms of your sort of like ongoing career development, um, cause I think this is, this is interesting too. Again, if I look at your career, it's very unclear like, oh, Mitchell's trying to become X. So obviously he took all these steps. Like it's gone so many different directions. You were working in operations at a startup and then you came on for us as a marketing director and you really didn't have marketing experience, but I knew you had a relentless drive to learn. I knew you had, you understood the, the ideas behind Crash and all these things. And so because of that reputation, you know, you, I was willing to, to offer you that marketing role and you took it even though it was outside your wheelhouse and in the span of that year, I mean, you, you started, you became a great copywriter, which was a skill that you, you know, you liked to write before, but it wasn't something that you had in your toolkit that you had refined. Yeah. Um, how do you think about continual development of your career? You don't seem to think in terms of labels of like, I want this title by this age or this amount of pay. So how do you think about goals and next steps in your career? If that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's it's probably a pretty like overly simplistic way of thinking about it, but it's it's a lot like playing Monopoly or Settlers of Catan or something, where it's just like 
every time you land on a property and you've got, you've got the opportunity to like buy it and increase your holdings, like take it. And you don't, you may not know when that's going to be valuable, but down the road, like it's way, it's, it's way better if you get down the road and you have a problem and you already have that tool in your, in your tool chest, then like, Oh, now I have to learn this thing. And obviously it's, it's, it's easier to learn when you need that thing. But if you're accumulating all these different experiences, these different points of view, these different skills, like they're not going to just suddenly become like not valuable anywhere. But like, I kind of think that overall, the, the more skills you have across different, you know, segments of a business or just in general, like the stronger all those skills get. Now, I, I'm not going to make the case against specialization, generalization. I know people have their own opinions about that, but I, I know that I'm a generalist and I'm comfortable in that. So for me, the, the rational thing seems like, how can I accumulate as many skills to make me as diverse as possible so that like whatever the, the problem this business that I'm at needs, I can jump in and I can solve that problem. And that for me seems like a much more like clear path to career stability than like doubling down on one particular skill. All right. Final question for you. Pick a point in your career trajectory. It could be while you're in college, it could be anywhere else. And pick a few, one piece of advice that you would give to somebody else who's at that same point in their trajectory. Hmm. Let's see here. Got a lot of different, got a lot of different things here. I think I can think of one, one in particular is coming to the top of my mind. And it was before I went to college and it, it wasn't whether I went to college or not. I didn't really, you know, I never, I, I was always going to go to college. That was kind of the path, but I had the opportunity to do several different things. I could have gone, uh, you know, I had a full ride offer to go judge me across the country. I didn't know how that was going to serve me. I had, a pretty good offer, like several different options to go play baseball. I really liked baseball at the time. And then I had this other offer to go take this, um, basically to pursue this, this office that I was, I was running for. Uh, I, I'd been involved in this organization. I was really passionate about it. I guess I enjoyed doing it, allowed me to speak and write and stuff. But, um, I, I had those three choices and I was like 18 staring down, like, what path do I take? And I had no idea. And I took the one that seemed like the most prestigious, surest deal at the time. And I knew, I knew before I made that decision, there were some things about it that, that like, I they didn't really fit me right. But I was like, no, that's, don't worry about that. It's going to be fine. Like this, this is going to look great on a resume. It's going to be a great experience. I'm going to learn, you know, meet a lot of people. Well, it turns out those reservations that I had ended up blowing up in my face. I got elected in this office. Nine months later, I got kicked out. It was publicly embarrassing, ruined my reputation. And like, I knew about it up front. And so it was kind of like this, it ended up backfiring probably 10 times as bad had, had I just made a, a different decision and done something that I, I was more interested in at the time. And so I think the point that I'm trying to get to is that there's this tendency to think about the value of a particular experience down the road versus like what it costs you right right up right at the time you're making that decision and i when you're really young and, and thinking about stuff like that it's like oh i got to plan down the road because everybody says i got to pad my resume i got to look like this and like 
that is, that's terrible advice. Like if you can suffer through that by all means power to you, but I'm not that kind of person. I think that what's more valuable is just pursue your highest interest at the time and things that like actually make you want to get out of bed and go do stuff. And, and you may not know how those things are going to translate to you, like into a career or it's an income or whatever. But when you're doing things that you're truly excited about, you're going to deliver a better quality work. And it's, it's a much safer career path than, you know, just trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. Yeah. I love that. I often, I often tell young people, look, pick what is the highest valued use of your next six months. Do that. And, and I, I mean, I think that time horizon extends a little longer as you go later in your career, but I still think that way about my career. Like, forget trying to figure out what's going to have an impact in 20 years. That's really hard. What's the highest value use of my next 12 to 24 months? Uh, and when I was younger, it was more like six months. So yeah, I think that's great <laughs> advice. Mitchell, thank you so much for joining us and uh, best of luck with this new chapter in your career. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been fun. Thanks. Like what you hear? Go to crash.co and join the career revolution. If you want to share your own career crash story, send it directly to me at isaac at crash.co.